Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Sarah. I'm a mom of three kids, ages two, five, and seven, and I live in Southern California. And I'm Megan. I am the mom of five kids, ages six through 17, and I live in Michigan. This is the Mom Hour, part of the Life Listened Network. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 10 of the Mom Hour. 10, woohoo! I'm Megan Francis, here as always with Sarah Powers. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Megan. So today we are talking about something that I feel like comes up a lot in the summer, and that is things that moms hate to do, but we feel like we're supposed to like doing. Yeah. So yeah, whether for you, maybe that's taking your kids to the pool or pushing them on the swings. Um, we're going to have a great conversation about that. I have a feeling this could be one where we get a little rambly. Megan, the end of the school year and kickoff to summer is a busy time of the year for families, but we can all eat stress-free and hit our wellness goals with ready-to-eat meals from our sponsor, Factor. Factor's delicious meals are never frozen and can be ready to eat in just two minutes. You can pick from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular choices like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Plus, they have more than 60 add-ons like breakfast, lunch, snacks, and beverages to keep you fueled all day long. So our team was comparing notes recently on our favorite factor meals, and Katie loved the herb-crusted chicken with mashed cauliflower and toasted almond green beans. I loved that one, too. And get this, so did her little boy, Charlie. She heated it up for lunch one day, and Charlie, who's three, ate almost all of the green beans. I mean, that's quite an endorsement, right? I was going to say, what a parenting win. <laughs> and I get it, Charlie. Those green beans are crazy good. And if you really want to treat yourself, they even have meals with filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. Listeners, head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour5050 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from Our Place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the Forever Chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. 
Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMHOUR. All right, let's move on to our conversation. Sarah, do you want to kind of let's start take complaining? It off? Um, no, you know, um, I'm excited to talk about this today. And I don't know what brought this up in my mind, except maybe there was something I was doing that I, you know, felt like I hated. But you wrote a post, I think about a year and a half ago, called to the mom for the moms who hate the swings. And I'll let you tell the story. But you, um, you just talked about how you hate, and I will use the word hate, pushing kids on the swings, but that at this particular day, you're at the park with Clara and her little friend, and you realized that you were having a grand old time laying in the grass with them, making up stories and doing these other things. And this other mom was completely loving her time pushing her kids on the swing. So um, I'll let you kind of tell that story and how you feel about hating the swings. But I do think we should get specific today about some of our own little things that we just don't love doing with our kids and yeah. why in the end that's really okay you don't have to love everything but tell us about the swings how do you sure. feel about swings okay so I have never really loved the swings um I think you know what like, taking it back to when Jacob who's 17 now oh my goodness was a little baby I remember the first time I stuck him in one of those you know baby swings the hard right. molded thing and right. pushed him and I thought oh this is the most fun I've ever had as a mom because he was so delighted he looks so cute it's so cute and he was so excited and I sat there and pushed him for like five minutes and then he was really little it was easy to get in and out and I think that might have been the last time I enjoyed, <laughs> enjoyed pushing him because as they get bigger you know they get to be like that toddler age and it's like their shoes stick when you try to get them in the yes. holes yes. or like they bend a leg so right from the get-go yeah. and the heavier they get the worse it gets so right from the get-go it's a huge pain and then half the time I'd be pregnant you know with right. another kid oh, yeah. while I'm trying to lug my toddler I, like, yes. into the swing so right from the get-go I'm like ugh and then you stand there often just like in the sun and just push. And it gets really boring. And it's, you know, unless there's somebody else standing there with you, you can talk to, you can't, you know, look at a book. You can't really speak to anybody. Right. You can't look around and stare at the sky. You're just push, push, push. Right. And the bigger my kids got, the worse it got. Like to me, the absolute pits was pushing like a three or four year old. Cause then right. they're Who huge. can't quite pump their legs. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it peaked for me when I had like two little kids and it, and when Owen and Clara were both little, that was, you know, prime, you know, pushing time at the park. And I'm not huge on the playground anyway, but it's better when I can zone out on the, on the bench or whatever. And I couldn't do that because I'm standing there just punching or pushing and pushing. And I just thought, not only do I not like this, but I'm just going to admit it to myself. I don't like this. This stinks. And so I started joking about it with my friends. Well, the funny thing is, and I found out I had this whole gaggle of friends who also hated push the swings <laughs> and had been afraid to admit it. But we would like help each other out. We'd go to the park and we would purposely sort of distract our kids from the swings or we'd purposely find parks that didn't have swings. That's funny. Or didn't have little baby swings, you know? So anyway, that day I was at the park with Clara and her little friend, Sam, whose mom, my good friend, Missy, hates the swings, incidentally. <laughs> a fellow swing um, hater. A fellow swing hater. And... They were, you know, I kind of did the obligatory 10. I think I would count. Like I would give them yeah. a number that I would do. And, and I just kind of did like 15 pushes or whatever. And then I said, okay, let's move on to something else. And so we went over and we were laying in the grass. And I was just making up these stories. And we were having a great time. And then this mom pull, comes up with her, you know, she's a younger mom than me. which So I already feel a little showed up because she seems like way more enthusiastic <laughs> about the whole thing than me. <laughs> and... She, the kids are like, can we go on the swings? And she said, yeah, let's do it. And she pulled them out of the swings or out of the stroller and they raced to the swings and she's <laughs> doing underdogs and tickle fights and all this stuff. And I'm just watching her like, oh, come on lady. Like I can't, you know, I can't compete with that. But then I thought, you know, good for her. She loves this and she's obviously having a great time. And my kids aren't watching her or my kid and my you know, right. friends, kid aren't watching her thinking, why can't my mom be like that? Right. Because we were having a great time with what we were doing, which was just making up stories in the grass. So it, I don't know. It was just one of those moments where I thought I don't have to feel snarky toward this mom because she likes something right. that I don't, which I think can apply right. to so many things, whether yes. it's crafting or throwing yes. parties. I don't have to feel snarky. I don't have to say something like, oh, who's got time for that? I can just not like the swings and let her like the swings. And that's yeah. totally cool. So anyway, that I think was what 
kind of sparked yeah, this Yeah, that prompted this. this. Whole, well, let me, yeah. I want to tell you how I feel about swings because this is funny to me. I do not hate the swings and I, I hate several things as I will <laughs> share over the course of this podcast. But the reason I kind of like the swings is I have three relatively young kids. So if I have all three at the playground and my youngest as listeners, if you've been listening, the running theme is that I have a very active, wild two and a half year old as my youngest. Right. So, and she does like the swings and her in a swing means she is in one place and she's I contained. am in one place. So she's contained. And then she's not trying to do everything that the big kids are doing, which that, cause for me, if she's not in a swing, she's now she's two and a half. She's, and she's a, she's a pretty coordinated athletic two and a half year old. So I don't worry about her as much, but when she was one and a half, 18 months, if she wasn't in the swing, it meant she was climbing to the very tallest, no fear in this child, like the very tallest where there's like the one gaping hole on the side. And so then she's trying to do what, and that means I'm on top of the play structure that like, if there's one place I don't want to be at the playground, it is climbing the actual play structure. So that's funny because I, I do not, I wouldn't say I love the swings. And one thing I like when we used to go to the park with a bunch of moms and kind of toddlers in that stage, when we're like meeting up at a park, the swings were sort of like, they would ostracize you from your friends. Sometimes like if I wanted to be talking to one of my friends, right. my kid wanted to be on the swings. I remember we would try and like, don't you both want to go on the swings <laughs> and we can stand next to each other and talk. But other than that, I, I really don't have any dislike for the swing. So I thought that was kind of a funny. That is um, funny. Well, and that makes sense. It's, and it's also where you are in your life, right? So sure. right now, I mean, Clara learned how to pump about. Yeah. And I have to say, when she learned how to pump, I just had this. Uh, I've been wanting it for so long, like that moment that she would learn how to pump and it was totally out of my hands. Right. And so I was really glad. But also I thought, oh, she doesn't need me anymore. Nobody needs you to push I them. I know. They're totally self-sufficient. So, you know. Going to the playground when I had, like, say, uh, a six-year-old, a four-year-old, and a baby was stressful. Right. right. But going to the park now is like nothing. I right. mean, I can do anything. I don't even have to look at this playground anymore. Right. You know? I mean, it's it's such a different experience now, and it does kind of show me how things that once were super stressful for me or that I really disliked, I, right. I don't have to anymore. Right. Um, and, and the irony is I bet when I have grandkids, I'm going to love to take them and push them. Yeah. Things. <laughs> that's true that's true but i love cool. it but it's different but, when it's your everyday experience and you have to do it it's different from wanting to do it sure you know and doing and it i think then. like like we just both said both of our experiences with the swing it has to do with you know what your personality is and what are the things you most enjoy doing anyway you know and how yeah. that fits into what your kids want and that's probably kind of the broader thing we're going to be talking about today really is we don't have to spend every minute doing the things our kids want to do if it's things we don't like. So it's fun to find those areas where your natural, like your natural play instincts overlap with what they want to do. And where they don't, it's just okay, I think. Absolutely. Um, so now I so, want to know. What's what, that? Sorry. I want to know your hates. Yeah, okay. So um, I actually wrote down a few so that I wouldn't draw a blank. But um, this... One of the things I really hate, and this is going to maybe sound funny, is I hate, like, going to fun events. <laughs> and I mean that by, like, fairs, carnivals, crowds, places that are supposed to be fun for kids. Oh, yeah. And they're not. Usually. And they're not. But well, I, sometimes I, they're fun for I, the I hate kids, them they're... maybe even more than, like, the average person because I just, I really don't like lines and I really don't like crowds. And then when you combine that with small children in crowds and lines like there's just almost I feel like the people around me I feel like have that feeling but then they do it anyway because it's worth it to see the smile on the kid's face like I really would just as soon skip it so right we're recording this on the 4th of July yeah um, oh I'm not doing and any of this I, activities, by and the way. we are we're <laughs> staying with my parents right now and they're renting a house um that's walkable to a place where you can see the fireworks and that is genius because where we are up in Santa Barbara right now parking is terrible on the fourth parking and traffic like you just can't there's I would be like in a hole in my room I would not venture out but we are like a three block walk so we don't have to deal with parking and but it's been the running joke that like I'm gonna find a way to stay home from the fireworks because it's just almost no fun event is worth it for me and I'm a complete curmudgeon about parking crowds yeah. waiting in line and I know as my kids are getting older as the, as their tolerance for those things 
you know, increases, it won't be such a hassle for all of us. But I think it's just, that's one that's like hardwired in me. Like I've never really liked, I love a good get together, like a good backyard barbecue. It's not that I'm antisocial, but if I can skip crowds and parking and traffic and lines, I will. And so for like, as a mom, I mean, that's just a personality thing, but as a mom, it does mean that I really do avoid quote unquote fun like if I hear of like a like a pumpkin patch or a festival or a fair, it's like it's no, it's got to be yes. somebody else's idea. Like I, you know, I'll go, but it's not my favorite thing. Well, that's so funny so because that was, that was something I really felt a lot of obligation to do when my kids were little, mm-hmm. and you know, and I've lived in a lot of small towns. So every time there was like a festival or a fair or a carnival, you know, right. those little pop up carnivals they put up, and yeah. those things yeah. freak me out. How can those rides be safe? I don't know. No, um, and. I would always feel like, oh, well, this is a thing. Like, this is one of those things you're supposed to do with your kids. Right. And so we would go, and we went to fireworks almost every year. And finally, I just stopped feeling like I had to. And you know what I think about fireworks? This is just a good example because that's something I'm not doing with my family today. Right. For all the reasons that you that you listed, um, the parking is terrible. We can walk from our house, but we have to cross this really busy street, and they don't direct traffic very well, so it takes forever. Yeah. And by that point, oh. it's dark. And everybody yeah. is tired, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's pitch black down at the beach, right. which is where most people here go to watch the, the fireworks. Right. So you can lose a kid so easily. Yeah. And when they were little, that was even scarier. Now I, you know, right. I don't think they're going to wander into the lake, but they're just, it's just a lot of stress and a lot of hassle and a lot of packing and carrying yeah. Yeah. and dealing with stuff. And it's like a 20 minute fireworks show. Right. So the way I kind of got around that feeling in my head was I have so many my kids will have so many different opportunities where they can watch fireworks. They can watch them at a ball game. Um, we go to Disney every few years. They can see them there. It's like, I don't feel like it's a childhood must, you right. know? Right. <laughs> it's not right. their birthright to see fireworks <laughs> on the 4th of July right. every single year. So we'll get some sparklers and we'll just hang out in someone's backyard. And I mean, it's going to be totally low key. Um, I'm the same way about parades. I hate parades. Oh, Yeah. Parades oh, yeah. worst, in my opinion. And I know some people really love them and good for them, but people here, we have these, you know, these little small town parades and people go yeah. and stake out a spot early and then sit there on the curb like all day. Yeah. It's hot. The yeah. kids are bored. I know. They don't even throw candy anymore at parades. Right. So, you know, it's, it's not even like that. And then there's like sirens. <laughs> I don't like si- I never liked those when I was a kid. No. I hated parades when no. I was a kid because of the sirens. Oh, so, I'm glad I'm not alone. This makes us sound like super curmudgeonly, though. I know. It? I know. But I figured this is where we were going to go with this. It's just some <laughs> ranting. Luckily, our listeners, listener, we've gotten another couple awesome emails about how people appreciate that we're keeping it real. Yeah. So we're going with that. If you're new, <laughs> this is how we roll here. Yeah. No, but I think we will, when we when we kind of bring this around in a little bit, we'll we'll talk about some of the things we do love to do. Cause I think that's yeah. part of this, right? It is. is that well, nobody loves to do everything. And that's what you said in your post about the swings that we'll link to in the show notes is that nobody loves everything. We're human. And that, right. you know, kind of acknowledging that and giving yourself permission, um, lets you off the hook and maybe even lets you enjoy the things you do love to do with your kids and lets them see you enjoying those things more when you don't think you have to love everything. And I, so. and I, I think that we all have in our head these, this list this almost laundry list idea of the things moms are supposed to like, quote unquote, mm-hmm. and the things that kids deserve to have in their childhood, quote unquote. And mm-hmm. it's kind of a screwy list if you think about it. Like, why would I get so hung up on fireworks? I mean, right. it's cool. It's not like I don't, you know, it's not like I have or a problem with fireworks. Or taking kids to the fair. Or taking to the fair. I mean, yeah. those are fun things to do, but there's, it's not like um, my kids are going to be damaged if they only go to the fair a few times in their childhood. Right. And I only went to the fair a few times in my childhood. Right. I think I think our parents were better right. about just saying, this year we're not doing that. Right, right. We're doing something. We're going to go visit a family member or we're going to hang out at our own house. I mean, I think my generation of parents, or my parents' generation of parents, I guess, were just good about drawing lines in the sand and doing the things that mattered for our family. And I think now, right. because maybe there's so many options, or maybe there's yes, a social I think media. So. And the aspect. options are so, so like widely communicated to us yes. in, all, in all ways. You <laughs> we have always no excuses. Know what's going you cannot on. opt out and right. pretend like you didn't know. And because right. people it's are not sharing just like stuff. like a local newspaper that you yeah. have, you know. People are sharing stuff on social media too. And that adds right. to the feeling like everybody else is doing something. So, right. like in my town, you know the days of the big parades, my, my feet is full 
mm. of people those parades. But if I go around and talk to people, I find out maybe only a quarter of the families I know actually went. Right. It just feels like it's everybody. Right. Um. You know, one thing I want to mention before we get into talking about the things we do like to do, because I think that that is important and we don't want to just complain the whole time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Although we I have would, more time for complaining. I'll, I would sit here and complain for the next 20 minutes at least. But <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. There I, will be I, 20 more minutes of complaining. <laughs> <laughs> I think that there's also a... When you can kind of step back and embrace what you do love, it allows you to bring other people along for the ride and then vice Mm -hmm. versa. Your kids get to have those experiences without you having to do it. And I'm sure you have an example of a time a family member or a friend took your kids along to something or one of your kids. Right. Right. To something you don't want to do. Right. Well, yeah, exactly. And then, and then everybody, you know, kind of knows their strengths. And hopefully if you find yourself kind of in a family group or a community or a neighborhood, where the kids get to experience those things, you know, I, back when we lived in Arizona, we had like the crafty mom friend and those were when they, when the kids went to that house, there was glitter. There's never glitter at my house. Like not loose glitter, at least uh, maybe. Glitter, I'll, have to, I'll have glitter in glue form. <laughs> yes. That, yeah. Glitter glue. Yeah. But even in a, that, in a gel like, formation. It's, it's like an, it's in the cabinet that nobody knows about. Like it's right. not free access, at least not right now in my house. But, you know, there's like the house where the crafty mom lived and the house where, you know, the food was really good. And, you know, like if you can assemble that village where the kids are exposed to all those different kinds of things, you know, it all works out. And I think, you know, it's good for kids to see adults cultivating their own likes and interests. And maybe that's a stretch and maybe I'm just sort of like sugarcoating it, but it's not a bad thing for kids to see adults who are really clear about what they like and what they don't like. I totally agree. And it's, it's, everybody knows it's good when mom is kind of happy and not stressed out. It doesn't mean you'll never just buck up and go to the fair because once in a while, you know, yeah. you might even have fun, but doing things because they're supposed to be done usually leads to nowhere good. Yeah. Um, but I have another, I have another thing I know you hate to do and I'm going to call you out on it. Oh, and that boy. is right. reading, reading Dr. Seuss books. Do you oh, want to talk gosh. about that? <laughs> the worst. Here, and I feel like a total fink to say I hate to read Dr. Seuss. I mean, who, it's un-American. And here I am on the 4th of July talking about <laughs> reading Dr. Seuss. <laughs> But I don't mind reading it quietly to myself. I think they're clever. I love <laughs> The Grinch that stole Christmas. I love right. The Cat in the Hat. I mean, I, I enjoy reading those books quietly to myself. And I didn't realize how much I despised hating them out, reading them out loud until I had kids. And I would sit down and, you know, they. I remember when Jacob was like old enough to go pick out his own books, however old right. that was. And I'd say, Jacob, go pick out a book. And he would toddle over and he'd come back with like The Cat in the Hat. And then I'd say, yeah. I mean, I'll do hop on pop. There's very few words in that one. So that's, that's okay. But most of the time it's, but those ones that have very few words are boring. Yeah, they're boring and sometimes they're harder. So, okay. So here's my feeling on Dr. Seuss is sometimes I think they all get lumped together, but some of them are actually better stories. Like some are actually good stories with some rhyming and then others are just the tongue twisters. Violet loves Fox and Socks right now. Do you know what kind of torture Fox and Socks is? (laughs) Oh, yes. Like... I mean, that is the worst. So I do think there's some that are, I can do the ones that are more like narrative, you know, like a, yeah. a story, like the cat in the hat or even like um, the Lorax or some of those, they have yeah. rhyming, but they're not purposely set up to trip your tongue. Like No, but I do feel like the cat in the hat has a lot more words than you would think going in. They're long. Yeah. It's long. They're long. Definitely. And so I'd get into it and by like the third page, my mouth yeah. is tired. Yeah. I'm having to do like diction exercises before I start you know, like warm-ups right. before, I yeah. can, before I can read this book. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, yeah, that's one of those things. And the way I solved that was by, you know, I usually leave certain books out in a basket yeah. that are sort of in rotation. And then we would, and this was a bigger thing when the kids were smaller. Now they kind of self-choose. Um, but, you know, when they were like toddlers, I would have a basket out and that would have, you know, the 10 or 15 books we're sort of doing right now. And right. then I would rotate them. Right. Um, and I would just make sure there was never more than – like one or two Dr. Right. Seuss books in the rotation. And, and sometimes I would direct the kids away, like if they wanted to read Fox and Socks for the 80 millionth time. Right. Yeah, and, and there's say, ages, like there's kind of two and three-year-olds get really like attached and you just, you just sort of resign yourself to reading the same book over and over again because that's like the pick your battles stage. But I, I, reading aloud is actually one of the things on my list of things I 
I love to do because I'll read almost anything aloud. I'd much rather read aloud than make up a story or mm-hmm. do some other things. But I, um, when I see people say that they don't like to read aloud or they don't like this book, I always kind of think to myself, like, I take a pretty heavy hand in <laughs> in the books that are available to read aloud. And there are there right. are even a few books that my kids, that they just get it out. I'm like, nope, I don't read nope. that one. And it's not, it's probably not something that somebody else would be irritated by. There's one that's, you know, the magic school bus. Yeah. What was the show. And then there's books. And the they tree, have all these like, the tree house not treehouse. Yeah. I like, I like reading magic treehouse a lot. Yeah, Those are fine. Um, no, Magic School Bus was like the science ones. There was the show and it was a cartoon in the 80s. With oh Lily yeah, Tom no, Smith. and it's still on yeah. syndication. Right. And the kids like watching the show and I don't mind the show, but the books have all of these science facts and they're like in little speech bubbles. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's no, as someone, I'm like a, like a linear person. Like I like to read a story and it's almost more like a comic book. Like I can't read books that are like set up like a comic book where there's speech bubbles and things happening. And the kids tend to love that kind of thing. So my kids know, like, I don't read that. Uh, And there's, my son has some more comic book type books that I'm like, no find something else. So I guess maybe the lesson there is it it don't, I mean, you don't have to have the books out that you don't like to read if reading aloud, because I think you are driving the bus as a parent. We're not, you know, and if they get those awful books that are like, they're basically like Disney story books. And then someone wrote some really crappy copy about Jasmine or whatever. You don't have to have those in your house. Those can can disappear. They can be disappeared. And they charge $28 for them because exactly. they have the licensed characters on them. And, yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. another, thing, another thing is something I found that um, I didn't really figure this out until my kids were older is I enjoy reading chapter books out loud a whole lot more than a lot of picture mm-hmm. books. Mm-hmm. And you can start chapter books earlier than you think. Yes. You just read just yes. a little bit. You don't even have to read a whole chapter if it's totally. kind of in, you know involved. Um, that was kind of how we skirted and some of the ones have really beautiful illustrations like yep. any that are um illustrated by garth williams that's oh, his yeah. name right the guy yep. who did the little oh, yeah. house and the yep charlotte's web Stuart and Stuart little charlotte's all web i mean there's something for the kid to look at even a three-year-old likes to listen i, I to think we did i think we did start chapter books between three and four in the yeah. same in the same way and it is i mean it's so enjoyable those of you who are listening whose kids are not there yet it is so fun to reread those books it if is. you're a reader and a book lover, and you will get there. And then there are new ones. I mean, Magic Treehouse is great for early chapter yep. books and they have yep. pictures. And, um, and I agree. Um, there was a great article a few months ago about reading aloud, um, and it was like, I don't know, 10 things to know about reading aloud to your kids. And, and one of the points was that exactly, that, that you can start, that you can read above their level younger than you think. And all you have to do is just do little bits and stop and yeah. talk Yeah, and it'll about take it. you forever like, to get through story. a yeah. book, but it's fine. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah, um, that's another good We should actually if, link like, to, uh, I did a show with um, a Sarah who has the Read Aloud mm-hmm. Revolution podcast, yes. which I know people yes. love. Read Aloud Revolution, yes. Yeah, and we did a show, uh, the, an episode of the Home Hour like a few months ago. So we should link mm-hmm. to that in the show notes. Mm-hmm. So just go to the yeah. Mom Hour and find this episode and, and you'll see that. Because we had a good yeah. conversation about all yeah, these and things. Yeah, reading aloud is one of those things you kind of hear like, oh, if I have to read this book one more time. So yeah, so you don't. You don't have to read that book one more time if, exactly. it, if it's that important to you. One more uh, hack about, about reading aloud is yeah. I've also realized with little kids that if you don't if you're if you're reading one of those books that is just a little longer than you actually want to say all the words and you want to paraphrase, make sure you don't read that one very often, <laughs> because kids will memorize the yeah. book, yeah. and they'll figure you out. Like they will catch you. So mm-hmm. I would know there was books that I like, I enjoy, I like the pictures, I like the story, but there's just too many words. And you know mm-hmm. those books, Sarah. Mm-hmm. And you do a little paraphrasing or a little <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe you're not a big cheater like I am. But um, I would paraphrase. I would drop some of the less, the you know, the phrases I didn't think really needed to be in there. But you can't do that with kids who are emergent readers. Right. Because they follow along. And you can't or do that with kids who've already memorized yeah. the book. Right. Right. So think ahead. Be proactive. Yes. yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So how do you feel? So I have another thing that I hate doing. Okay. And I don't know how you feel about this one. I know how you feel about Dr. Seuss. Um, it's going to turn I, out I hate everything. Yeah. <laughs> then no one's going to want to listen to the show anymore. <laughs> Maybe just after 17 years of motherhood, you hate everything. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> no. done with it all. You're just okay. tired of everything. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I do not like playing make-believe at all. Especially if I have to like make up, 
if I have to stay in character longer than like one line. Like the extent of my ability to pretend with my kids is like they can pretend to make me a meal in their play kitchen and bring it to me on a plate and I will pretend to eat it. That's yeah. pretty much it. Like if I have to, and the funny thing is I, I'm a huge like proponent of make-believe play. Like I love that kids do it and I think it's really important and I'd rather see my kids play make-believe than do anything else. I just want no part of it. And I'll just come out and say that. And my husband's really good at playing make-believe. So that's just, you know, that's just, they will, there's people pretending all around me all the time and I almost never partake of it. So I don't know how you feel about role play. Yeah. Okay. So theoretically I should love it. Um, when I grew up, I mean, I was in a state of make-believe at all times. Right. That's like my son. Yeah. I mean, at all times. My mom, I remember being like, are you here with me? And are you, hello, <laughs> Megan, are you here? So I really thought that would be something I would love to do with my kids. I like making up stories. I like writing stories. You know, those are you all things I can, and I can make up stories and I yeah. act, you know, so all those things. Here's what I found about making believe with little kids. It's not fun for me because they want to direct everything. Yes. Yes, they only want you to say one thing. They want yes. you to say exactly what they want you to say. And so I got into this with, with Jacob, and I remember sitting down with him, and he'd have his little cars, and I'd have the little cars, and I'd be like, vroom, vroom, let's go over here. And he's like, no, yeah. that's not what we're doing. I'd say, oh, okay, well, what are we doing? He's like, well, we're doing this. And then he would give me, like, his story. Right. And he basically just wanted me to parrot. Yeah. Well, he oh, would, yeah. he just wanted they'll an extra set you, of hands. They'll tell you like right up, they want you there, but they'll tell you, they'll feed you lines. Yeah. yeah I don't want to do yeah. that. I think that that's boring. Yeah. So yeah. I would find a way out of it usually. And I actually think I wrote a post, I'll have to dig now, I, a long time ago about how I kind of just resigned myself to being a grown up. Like I don't right. really want to lay on the carpet and right. push cars around and listen to you dictate to me what I'm going to do with those cars. Right. Um, right. Clara's even worse. I mean, she has, she lives in this fantasy world. She's just like me when I was a little kid right. of all the time. And I would love to be part of that fantasy world with her, but she doesn't want me to have any right. agency over right. my, my own make-believe play. You know, she's, right. a, she's a tyrant. Right. So right. I will, I'll play games with her. Like, and this was a game that she doesn't play as much anymore, but we played this like every day for a year. It was pretend you're at a pet store and I'm a kitty uh-huh. and you buy uh-huh. And I'd want to come up with like, oh, it's this kitty. And, you know, I'd, yeah. I'd come up with this whole thing. And then she'd be like, no, mom, you know, you're supposed to say, look at this cute kitty. Right. Oh, he looks yeah. lonely. So I would do it, but very grudgingly. Like you, I'll eat the yeah. food if she brings me the food. Right. We are welcoming back Vionic as a sponsor today. And Sarah, I will be honest. I was sorting through my warmer weather wardrobe the other day, and it could seriously use a refresh. But you know what's good to go? My shoes. I've got a great selection to choose from thanks to the Vionic Vitals collection. And lately, the pair I keep putting on again and again is the Uptown Loafer. I have two pairs, one in sand suede and the other in camel leather. But please don't make me pick a favorite. Oh, I won't. I'll let you keep both. That's so funny, Megan, because I was a little jealous of your Uptown Loafers. I was the last one on our team to get a pair, but I just did. I also got mine in the sand suede, and I think I've worn them like four times this week. They really finish off a cute spring outfit. The Vionic Vitals collection has the best essential styles for everyday wear to get you ready for spring. And no matter what shoes you choose, you'll be on the go in comfort because every single pair of Vionic shoes delivers their trademark Viomotion technology for a difference you can feel. Bionic sandals, sneakers, and flats all offer incredible support, stability, and cushioning, and every pair comes with a 30-day risk-free trial, so it's easy to try them out. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya Vitamins have loved them, which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves, so they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's Chewable Kids Vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door 
on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. And luckily, Violet I just... pretends right now, even at, she's only two and a half, but she's just starting to get into it. But um, we joined a gym a few months ago and yeah. she goes to the childcare and that's her first experience into any kind of organized childcare. So like a lot of kids, they act out what they like are experiencing in real life. So we pretend all day long, she brings me a baby and says, I'm dropping it off at Kids World. That's the that's name awesome. of her childcare. So that's what we all day long, I'm brought babies and I'm supposed to take care of them in Kids World. Now at two and a half... She's a little easier to fool. Like I can just pat the baby and kind of continue to do my own thing. But yeah, they do become very specific. And then I'm sure probably some of your boys have gone through this too with, it's not just boy stuff, but when there's a very specific narrative like Star Wars or Lego Ninjago or Harry Potter and you don't know it and I refuse to learn it, quite frankly. I mean, once I've kind of given it the like parental blessing that this is a good movie or book or story, then I just have no plans on intimately knowing the characters or the details and so how can I pretend I mean even if I wanted to set down everything and give him that little time to pretend I don't know the characters so I'm sure that came up with you too oh yeah absolutely and also sometimes they would have like their own sort of like spin-off almost of it so my kids are really into Pokemon Mm -hmm. and I tried man I, I only actually, know like three we've names. just gotten into that. And I, um, again, there's so many of them and I've watched a few of the shows, but then they would have like their own version. So they, you know, they would invent stuff. Oh, totally. And invent. Totally. So even it's not even like I could have studied, you know, the Pokemon, you know, history, I guess, and right. maybe come right. in and kind of had a passing knowledge, but then there was all this, their own take on it and their own yeah. you know versions and stuff. So here's, here's my thinking about this. I just feel like, again, this is one of those things that probably a lot more parents don't like than mm-hmm. feel they can And feel it. bad about it or feel like they should be doing it. But I also just don't feel like as a grown-up, it's my job to play with my kids at that level. And I don't think they need me to. Like, I just don't. Right. I think play is the child's work. Mm-hmm. And especially imaginative play. They're working so mm-hmm. much stuff out and they can do it alone. They can do it with other kids. I feel like mm-hmm. when you get adults in there, I mean, that's one thing. If you love it and you want to do it, great. But I just feel like that, I feel like having us involved does change it a bit. Um, And I think whenever Clara or any of my kids has wanted me to play make-believe with them, it's been like a last resort. Mm -hmm. I'm never going to be their first choice. Yeah, and you know, they're not usually probably as satisfied either, unless you just find like a grown-up big kid, like my husband can be sometimes, who really will play Star Wars like a kid. I always just felt like I was just a body. Right. Like another person in the room. And I actually remember um, having this with my mom up until I was pretty old, like seven or eight. I remember I would tell my mom that I was going to have a party and like 30 people were going to come. And I'd run out the back door and I'd put something on like a purse or, uh-huh. you know, a hat or whatever. And then I'd run to the first the to front the door people. and I'd ring the doorbell and my mom would answer the door. <laughs> and I'd say, hi, I'm Alice. I'm here to see. And so she would kind of just, that required like no work. Sure. And she would kind sure. of go along with it. But then later I would say, so mom, you know, can you like come to the party? And she's like, no. No, no, yeah. no. I answered the door 30 times. Yeah. Um, I've done my job and I only wanted her to do that because I didn't have anyone else to do it. It wasn't. Right. And if she had said no or been busy, I would have just come up with something else. Right. Like right. I would have just gone in. I don't and, know. And it's, had a teddy bear party. Or, exactly. Yeah. You know what I will say, because we're ragging on make believe a little and I'm such a big, you know, I'm such a fan of make believe and yeah. I'll link to my a great book is called The Case for Make Believe, which is like, I think 10 years old and um, was really influential in my thinking. But um, putting a little bit of time maybe into playing make believe with the really young ones, the preschoolers, two, yeah. th- two and three year olds. Is And I don't mean sit down on the floor and play baby dolls all day if that's not what you want to do. But um, I do think it pays dividends later because if the kids haven't learned that kind of role play, it's a, it is a little harder for them to do it in their mind um, or to do it with a sibling. So yeah. if there's any time where it's worth, and like I said with Violet, they tend to do the same things over and over again. And it's a little easier to just play your part. They don't get as, um, you know hung up on the details and the characters and all that. So, you know, I feel like that is, if you're going to spend 
you know, 15 minutes pretending a restaurant or baby dolls or whatever, it's probably those young ones are when it kind of helps them because then later on they really do learn to do that on their own or with a friend or with a sibling. Well, it helps them. And again, like you said, it's not the same. It's not as much work for you because you you can just kind of do whatever. And it's not as, yeah, play babies, hold the baby and pretend like you're feeding it or whatever. That's easy. I'll do that all day. Right. Yes. Um, It's the complicated dialogues with these characters I don't know. Yes. And where nothing I say is right. Right. And they correct you on everything. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, totally. And it's not fun for them either. I don't think no. it's really what they want out of you either. So let's, this is a good time to talk about when you do need to or want to say no to your kids asking you to play with them in this way. What are some ways where you can do that without it being, you know, just a complete shutdown for them? Do you, I feel like I, what I usually do is offer to do something else, you know, like yeah. I'm not, I'm not available to do that right now, but I'd love to read you a book. I mean, I will almost always read aloud. I, that's yeah. one thing I can, I can almost always do. Do you have any other strategies? Well, for- what I would, what I do is I look at the situation and I try to figure out, is it that they want to spend time with me or is it they mm-hmm. really want to play this game? Yeah, that's a There's great There's two different point. things. So if they just yes. really want to spend time with me, then let's, you know, I'll, I'll, let's color, let's, and I'll color. And that's something I actually didn't like doing when I was a little kid, but now I, I kind of enjoy it. Um, I like to color. Yeah. Um, or why don't we go in the kitchen together? Some, especially sometimes when it's because I really am busy and doing something. Mm-hmm. I'll say, why don't you come in here and, and we can you can talk to me while I cook or you can mix up yep. some ingredients or whatever if it's because they want to be with me. A lot of times it's really just because they want to advance the game and they don't have a friend to play with. Mm-hmm. Um, so at that point, I might just kind of humor them for like the five mm-hmm. to ten minutes. Sure. I might figure out a role I can play in the game that doesn't require me to know. You know, like maybe I'm the store, yep. the storekeep. Mm-hmm. Is there any way to work that into the story? <laughs> Is there any way to work me into the story as an adult? That's something I can do. Like I can sit here and pretend to be an adult as part of your story. Right. Um, I don't know how to pretend to be a Pokemon character. Right. So you know what I mean? So I think it depends on what it is they really want. And mm-hmm. thirdly, sometimes it's just that they really need a little buddy to play with. And in that mm-hmm. case, then I'll call, I'll call someone and see if they can bring a kid over and yeah. drop them off. Um, yeah. Sometimes that is all they want is just another... Right. A little kid. They don't want me. They really want to play with one of their cousins or a friend. So, And, you know, I mean, some classic advice you always read uh, is to make sure you're kind of filling kids' cups proactively so that they don't feel like you're always saying no. And I think that advice works really well in stuff like this. If you know that you get asked to play Lego Ninjago eight times a day, it doesn't hurt to preempt the request and say, hey, I've got a, and I think I do this when I have a free five minutes and say, you know, can we do that? Can we do that thing you were asking about yesterday? I'm free right now. And even if it's your not your favorite thing, by doing it proactively, you're at least kind of, I mean, completely granting their wish fulfillment but you're doing it on your own time and probably it's five or ten minutes that then later you're not having to say no to does that make sense or bringing or or suggesting an activity that you actually don't mind doing and do want to do but still they're getting that feeling like you want to be with them and you want to play with them um rather than having to say no later when you're cooking dinner or whatever yeah Uh, I agree I mean it just and and sometimes it is about them wanting to just be with you and I think if we mm -hmm can feel that it makes it feel a little better when we can't or just don't want to play <laughs> right. later. Um, but again, I mean, it just depends what, and you can kind of tell the older kids, especially what it is they're trying to get out of you. And right. if it's time with mom, you know, that's easy to, that's easy enough to accommodate. Um, right. Just maybe in a different way. Right. You might have to right. Suggest. Yes, definitely. Um, so what are some things that you said you like to draw? What are some other color? What are I some like other things color. you I don't, do? I'm terrible at drawing. Like, uh, <laughs> and that's another funny thing. So sometimes the kids will come up and say, um, "Mom, I need you to draw me something." And I was like, <laughs> "Honestly, anything you can draw will be better than anything I can draw." So no, I'm not going to do that. I will. I love to have stories dictated to me and write them down. That's oh, something that's that I don't have to do as much anymore because the kids can all they can write. Now. But I used to do a lot of that. Um, mm-hmm. Here's the thing that I'm great at, which I don't, I don't know if this is like really an activity so much, but when we were talking earlier about, um, trading and everyone having their strengths and everybody mm-hmm. having something they're good mm-hmm. at, I've always been great at being the mom who will take a whole bunch of kids with me someplace or who mm. will like have a house full right. of kids. And so there's been times when we've been like on our way out the door to go to a water park or something. And we realize we have an, an extra seat open uh-huh. and we'll just call a kid and be like, Hey, you want to come? I mean, 
I feel like that's one of those things where like I I never mind adding more kids Mm -hmm. to the mix and I'm able to deal with the chaos of that really Mm -hmm. well. And I think that what that's done is allow me to offer that to my friends, mm-hmm. that spontaneity and that being able to take their kids places. And then mm-hmm. so the trade-off is, and then you hope they involve your kids in something they like. Sure. You don't, which could be anything from, you know, teaching them to tie their shoes or to, you know. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, right. Things I, I imaginative storytelling, yeah. not play, exactly. Um, right. Is something. See, I have a really hard time making up stories. That's that would be on my not like list. I'd rather read a book, even a book that I don't love, than make up a story. And I don't know why, but you've well, got that. No, I have that. And also mine was born out of a little bit of laziness and desperation when my kids were really little. Mm-hmm. Um, I just remember having like a nursing baby and laying on the other kid's mm-hmm. bed with the nursing baby and I'm exhausted and they mm-hmm. want me to read a story. And I'm thinking, first of all, the lights are already off. Secondly, my hands aren't really free. Mm-hmm. Right. Thirdly, I honest to God just Can't don't keep have my the eyes strength. Open. Yeah. And so I would just be like, everyone close your eyes and I'm just gonna tell a story. And I would just start making stuff up. And the stories were dumb. But I would add a little but bit to them every love night. That. And and it just it got them what they wanted, which is time uh-huh. with me and time to yeah. settle into bed. And I didn't, you know, but it was so much more manageable for me than it would have been to get up, get the book right. out, turn yeah. the lights back on. I love that. Yeah. So that was kind that. of where that was born. And it just became something that I enjoy doing and I'm pretty good at. But, but again, like you don't have to be. There's no, I love, I love to sing. I mean, I know you love to sing too. We both love to sing, but I, I would rather probably just sing and, or even make up songs or change the words yeah. to songs, which is something I'm oddly good at. But rather than make up a story. So we, I mean, that's like, it's like a joke in the car. If people yeah. are um, like grouchy in the car, that it's like a joke that I always say like, okay, let's sing a song. They're like, mom. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> that's when I, I would be like the choir director mom. Actually, this Christmas I did, one of our neighbors was like, we should take the kids caroling. There's so many, you know, kids on our street. And I was like, we should absolutely do that. I'm organizing it. And my friends were kind of like, really? You're not the, cause I really am not a big, like we talked about, I don't like big organized events. I'm kind of a homebody, but that one for some reason, like hit in the sweet spot of, I love singing. I love singing kids. I love the holidays. There's no parking involved. There's no parking. And it was right outside my front door. Right. <laughs> that makes a difference. Um, so yeah, it's, it's kind of finding those ways that the things you love to do are also things that are fun for the kids. Now, here's another thing. If, you, if you're not great at making stories up, but you are in a position like I was all those years ago when you're exhausted at bedtime and it's just a hassle and maybe you're putting more than one kid to bed at the same time or you've mm-hmm. got a nursing baby or whatever, get a book on tape. Oh, because yeah. Because you can all listen together. Or, you know, I guess these days it wouldn't be a book on tape. Oh, my gosh. That made me sound like I'm like 50 it's years okay. old. It's okay. We totally knew what you meant. <laughs> a book on – get an eight-track yeah. Um, no, you know, <laughs> download an audio book or, yep. or I do think that the radio or the, um, libraries still do actually have children's books on tapes, but because well, and something... actually what most libraries do now, and this is like, this is something I've been telling people, um, that I discovered last summer is most uh, our library. And I think most libraries now are connected to like a digital online library where you don't have to go in and check out an audio book. You log in with your library info and then yeah. on your device you download it there um and so there's we've been doing that can i make summer. a really can i make mm-hmm. a really funny confession right now about yeah. another thing i hate i hate returning yeah. library books which is why i haven't been <laughs> in my library in a while. well this is for you because, then, because i e-book, i have to do the walk of shame books through your library so free because no, no, audiobooks are expensive I can't down. I can't use my library until I do the walk of shame oh, to the desk and write the check for the yeah. fees. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I've been putting that off, and I know I just need to do it. But uh, yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm terrible well, because should. I would go in. I I had this pattern where I go in and I check out way too many books. Yeah, because I it's like a smorgasbord. I can't stop right. myself. And then we take them all home, and one yeah. gets lost, and then we yeah. turn it, return everything else. And then when I go back to check stuff out, they're like, "Oh no, you still have." XYZ right. book out and then I go home to find it I don't find it then I'm all ashamed it's just it's a terrible pattern that I need to just get over and go you should just pay the fine pay it I off know, buy yourself it. off that's what but. it's for it's you know everybody does it at some point but I know uh, um, but so, yes so some sort of audio yeah. file yeah you know. and so definitely look it up if your library has um because this is something I've discovered a lot of people don't know about even people who are pretty tech 
savvy and audiobooks are so great. And it's so much less guilt for me than turning on the TV. It just feels like, like they just sit there with headphones, which I guess is pretty passive, but, mm-hmm. um, it just feels different. And it is, it's like, they'll listen to, yeah, it's great. I agree. And that, yeah. um, that Sarah Mays is in that read aloud revival podcast too. She talks about audiobooks. So yeah, I feel like she and I might've touched on that as well. It's just yeah. sometimes reading doesn't have to look or storytelling or whatever it is, you know, enjoying right. literature with your kids does not have right. to look the way, the classic way we always think it looks. It, it can and be a lot of things. Right. And bedtime doesn't always have to be the time for reading aloud. That's no. what, that's a time when I'm really tired and don't particularly love reading aloud, but it's, it's midday. If my kids are squirrely that I, sometimes I just sit down with a book and start reading and see who comes to listen, you yeah. know, because it's like, if you read it, they will come. So, yeah. Well, and for uh. me, my, the way, the thing I've sort of decided for myself is because I don't, um, I'm, although I love to read and I love books and I don't mind reading out loud, it's not the first thing I think of. So mm-hmm. I often w- wouldn't think like proactively to do it. So mm-hmm. I've just made a rule for myself. As long as I'm not actively like working on mm-hmm. work, work or mm-hmm. cooking dinner, anytime a kid asks me to read to them, I will drop everything and do it. So that's I mean, there's funny. obviously that times a day that won't that's work. That's the one thing I say yes to. And I kind of, that's just something I declared in my own mind at one point, but the same thing, like unless I physically cannot do it will you read me a book? It always gets the answer. Yes. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. It may not be, it may not be the magic school bus book, but yeah. But um, again, now, because we're talking about things we hate, say you're the mom who just, for whatever reason, say, you know, I think that sometimes we both like to talk a lot and we talk fast. I don't think that Mm -hmm. everybody has the, (laughs) the endurance that we have, Sarah, (laughs) people's voices get tired. People don't like it for whatever reason. So that's when you have your audio book on right. hand and you say, let's go cuddle up in a chair and listen together. Right. It's right. still spending time right. with your kids. It's still, right. you know, consuming literature and that's what counts. Right. right. I love it. Have we talked about all uh, the things we hate? We're running out of time now and I, I just wonder I if there's I think so, any... unless you're thinking of more. I mean, I pretty can't... much we hate fun. We hate playing. <laughs> we hate fun. Let's call, that's what we should call this episode. We hate fun. We hate love. We hate joy. No, we, I just, no. I love snuggling. I'm the best snuggler. I will always snuggle a kid. I'll snuggle other people's kids. Oh, that's yes. That's the talent. It you know, I, I just am a I'm a I'm a equal opportunity lap and snuggler and hugger and, and that's something that I think and is important too. And not everybody loves like it. This too, but I love to talk, obviously. <laughs> this is not what? Anything. But um I feel like having conversations and as your kids get older, if you're listening and you're kind of in the toddler preschooler age, but the older your kids get, the more fun they are to talk to. And I I love, you know, whatever it is, kind of like throwing out a hypothetical question and seeing what they say and debating and talking. Yeah. And that is something probably not everybody loves to do as much as you and I, Megan. But there are, I think if you think about it, there are little mom superpowers that you have or things that you really like and are really good at that are great for your kids. And the things that you yeah. don't, if you do not love Legos or if you do not love trains, that is not the end of the world. So I guess the the message is to acknowledge those other ways that you spend time with your kids. And if you're home with your kids, if you're working from home, if you're staying at home, you're logging a lot of hours. Not all of them have to be actively engaged in what is traditionally defined as play. Benign neglect is a very good thing. (laughs) You know, just it's kids. They need us. They need an adult around, but they don't need us to be actively involved in what they're doing every Mm -hmm. moment of the day. In fact, I think that that I think that is too much. And I think that they need time mm-hmm. to just be on their own and figuring stuff out. And there are stages where they'll ask you to play with them all the time. Like we've talked about, I think two and yeah. three year olds, it's like a really, it's a struggle because they're old enough that they kind of know what they want to do and they've been exposed to big kid play, but they just, they have a little bit of a hard time playing by themselves yet. So that's going to probably always be a struggle and they're going to ask you to play with them. And so hopefully we've given some strategies for how to do it and not make yourself crazy, but it gets better, especially if you give them that freedom to play by themselves and those growing pains of figuring out what to do with themselves, it gets way better. So before we wrap up, I want to address something that I think is important that I, that I didn't really realize until maybe the last few years. And that is that depending on the stage you're in right now, you may quote, hate, unquote, something that you legitimately hate because right now it stinks. Mm -hmm. So an example would be when I had a bunch of small children, I would say I hated crafting because Mm -hmm. for me at that point, crafting was 
taking messy crap out, running madly around a table. Keeping a toddler out of it. Keeping the toddler out of it. You know, pre-cutting shapes or handling the glue stick or whatever it was. Boring stuff that wasn't really even crafting. It was sort of like managing an assembly line. (laughs) <laughs> well, it's an assembly line, really. I mean, the, yeah, the stuff yeah. that you looked at to do with kids that are, you know, crafts. Right, right. It's not particularly artistic a lot of the time because you have to kind of give them pieces right. they can work with. So it's not fun right. for me. It's not fun. No. The, the, that's what preschool you know, teachers are for. That's what preschool teachers are for. And they love it. And <laughs> God bless them, you know. But and we that pay stuff, them. So let's pay them. I, and again, my friend Missy and I would go to like library story time and she, she'd be like, do you think we could get the kids out like – sneak them out the door before craft time because at the yes. very end there was always craft and it was again just like us running around managing like little pom-poms and glitter and and at the end the kids kind of made this whatever on a paper plate and they weren't particularly proud of it it was just to me it always felt like more hassle than it was worth but I don't I don't need to be playing in that medium so much it's not like you know the glue right. and the glitter and all that for me it wasn't that fun so what I will say is as you get as your children get older or you move into a different phase, you might find that you can re, up, you know, have a new approach to some of those things mm-hmm. and there might be something that you do like. So you might think of yourself as someone who hates to bake or hates to craft mm-hmm. or hates to do whatever, but maybe there's something about that, that once you have your arms free and your lap free, like I'm getting into mm-hmm. doing um, needlework. So I'm embroidering mm-hmm. and I've been working on this piece for a long time. So it's not like I'm doing it every night. But I really enjoy it because I don't have a toddler anymore. Mm-hmm. No one's climbing in my lap. No one's taking the, the threads and running away mm-hmm. with them. I now have the ability to enjoy that. And it is crafting. It's just mm-hmm. not what I thought of as crafting. Right, right. So I think we have to right. be open to mm-hmm. evolving a little bit while keeping in mind that we both hate fun. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and parades. No, I, and parades. No and parades. On this, on this 4th of July day. We declare. <laughs> oh, and you know yeah. what? Um, I would fight to the death for your right not to go <laughs> to the 4th of July fireworks. That is what I we know. If I conveniently <laughs> fall asleep at 9 o'clock, which isn't exactly. you know unheard of, as you know, then I won't make it to the fireworks. But yeah. I think I just may do it this year for my older two kids because I well, think... Well, and then you know what? Then you'll have put it in your time and you won't have to do it again for years. That's the other great exactly. thing. Exactly. And I should do it while I can walk down the street and don't have to park. This is the year I should do it. And I'll be like, remember that time I took you to the fireworks? <laughs> Absolutely. They'll be like, what? That happened? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. in Santa Barbara like 10 years ago. Uh, I don't remember. Yeah. Just take a picture I and know. make sure you save that picture. Yes. Proof. Proof. <laughs> So uh, we're going to have a great show notes because I feel like we had, we mentioned a couple different things mm-hmm. that we need to link to now. Yep. We're going to talk about reading aloud or link to reading aloud. Um, you hating the swings. Um, you had another great post that we didn't talk about, but I'll link to call, uh, an old one called Know Your Strengths. Do you remember that one? Sorry. Um, yeah. Yes. Kind of the same thing. Um, and, and I think I really... also wrote one. I think I also had one called It's Okay to Be a Boring Grown Up." At one point, okay. and I think I about, think that touches yeah, on a lot of stuff believe. that we talked about today. Yeah. Uh, we yes. also have the link for the Summer Brain Games. Again, Museum of Science and Industry is this week's sponsor, and they are giving away a free eight-week Summer Brain Games program. Sign up for it with your email, and you can also get a free museum voucher that will get you in, someone in your yes. family, into the museum for free, which is great. But if you don't live near Chicago, still sign up for it because it's, it's a really Absolutely. awesome program. Very cool. All right. This has been great. Episode 10. Everything will be at themomhour.com. It's where you can find all this stuff we're talking about. And we will make an effort next time to be more fun. Including a link to like us or review us or rate us on iTunes. Please continue to do that. It's really helpful. And I've been seeing a lot of those trickle in. And it's great. Absolutely. Yay. Well, thanks. Email us. Hello at the mom hour. Hello Hello at at themomhour.com. Thanks, everybody. Go enjoy your 4th of July in your curmudgeonly way and everybody else will be talking to you (laughs) in the middle of next week and we'll be back in a week signing off guess what megan over ten thousand teens are already using our sponsor erica to help them unplug that is amazing erica that's erica with a k is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug whenever they need to for improved health study focus sleep and daily balance it's so cool how this works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data 
Yeah, you know, teens really get that social media comes with risks, including addiction. And Erica helps them build healthy habits and self-regulation that will benefit them their whole lives. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Sarah, I have been having just the best time making my new podcast, The Teas Made. I launched back in November and so far I've covered topics like staying warm on cold winter walks, nurturing creativity, how to be a great host, and even Nordic secrets to loving winter. Well, you know I am fan number one of The Teas Made. It's got such a cozy vibe, and it seems like you've really hit your stride in covering topics like wellness, self-care, comforting rituals and routines, and home and family life. Just look for The Teas Made with Megan Francis wherever you get your podcasts, or head to theteasmade.com to find all the episodes.